Welcome to this episode of ClearCast, your source for security clearance, intelligence community, espionage, national security, and defense contracting updates, and our exclusive interviews with intelligence community and government leaders. Welcome to this episode of ClearCast. I'm Katie Keller, Editorial Communications Manager with Clearance Jobs. And today I have Jilly Ham, Jill Hamilton, editor at news.clearancejobs.com. Today we're going to talk more about telework, not the usual sort of thing. So we are going to talk about a survey that, that just came out talking about how folks find themselves more productive at home, which I certainly think so as well. But we're also going to talk about what that means for the future of the DOD and national security. So Jill, thank you for joining me today. Great to be here. Glad we uh, <laughs> can chat about all the benefits of telework and and not to beat the, it's, it's not like it's a topic that's been beaten to death, but we do talk about it a lot. And I feel like it's, because it, it is one of those things within national security work that is not an anomaly, but it is. I mean, we've talked about it for so long. We just have never been able to successfully pull it off department-wide like we've done this past year or been forced to do. But Sure. There's certainly a lot of implications that go along with it. You know, before I know some companies in the private sector would offer 100%, you know, unlimited PTO. And people thought that was crazy, but people tend to be a little more productive with that. It's not that we're getting unlimited PTO, but it's just the flexibility option that I think is important. Right. So the DOD Inspector General released a report end of March, mostly on their communications and also how telework has gone up until the time the survey was taken. And of course, Lots of different feedback. Not surprisingly, there was some hiccups in the beginning with technology. Mm-hmm. You know, even just testing out the servers, whether they're going to be able to handle that level of capacity took a little bit. I know some offices were doing some trial and error in the weeks ahead of March as they prepared to take everything home. So offices that passed those tests quickly in the very beginning obviously had a, a clear path their on-ramp to 100% telework was a little bit faster than some of the other offices who might not have had the capability to test that in the days leading up to it. So yeah, they did the survey and asked DOD employees. Most of them were civilian, but there were some some military. So 56,000 responses, 48,000 of those are civilian. I can't do the math that quickly right here. <laughs> you have to do that for me. But uh, yeah, so they all had a lot of different responses with the majority saying, hey, I'm more productive at home. So that would be 47% said they think they're more productive. 41%, 41.1 actually said nothing changed. My job, I'm just like I was back at the office, no difference. And then 11.9% said there was a decrease in productivity, which is good to be honest about those things. You know, everybody's on this big train of, yay, telework, let's let's make this happen. And so, you know, I applaud them for <laughs> being honest in their response, right? Sure. Well, I mean, so are, are you productive with work or are you, you know, throwing in a load of laundry and doing the dishes and throwing in some work in there? Sure, we're all productive, but, right. you know. Yeah, it is an interesting... It's a great metric to have that people are feeling this way, you know, but feelings aren't always reality. I mean, I'm, we're definitely obviously an advocate for the work from home life, cats in our lap, you know, all those things. 
but there are measurements. Like if I'm not turning in the things that I say I'm going to be turning in, those are the things that measure my productivity or ability to engage thoughtfully in different discussions. So people are saying those things, that all those components are happening in their perspective. So it'll be interesting to see if performance reviews reflect that, all those different things towards like a different cycles in the year will back up what employee feelings are, you know. And when they had open-ended comments on it as well, some managers said, it's great for those who are who work independently, but for anybody who is dependent type of worker, it actually can decrease their productivity because they're waiting on somebody else all the time who's not physically there. I think you also get some people who just are a little bit more collaborative. And so it's not like they can't do that work. It just might not be something that's best for them long-term to get their work done because they just, they function better with just a little bit more collaboration. So, well, and I think that's why a lot of companies aren't going to go to 100% remote. They're going to go to a hybrid model, which I think would be beneficial for folks. I think they are productive more uh, working from home. I think they, I certainly like to work late into the evening. I feel like I never Mm -hmm. have my work done. But I think the hybrid model is going to be good for those folks that do like to collaborate, that do need that face-to-face interaction, but, you know, have those days where they work from home and can do more independent work. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, like 37,000 said they want regular telework to be part of their schedule going forward. So that's not saying I want to work 100% from home. They definitely want it to be a component because the key things that they have cited was the flexibility. Then you also have what can feel like more work-life balance. People are saying we get more sleep. We have more balance. I get more done. I might even put in a few extra hours for my work because I'm not spending so much time commuting. I mean, honestly, living in the DC area, I was on the Beltway last night taking my daughter to dance and it was bumper to bumper traffic. Now, opening day for the Nats last night, I think I'm pretty sure that's what it was. (laughs) And, uh, even the HOV lanes, the fast, like they were all bumper to bumper traffic heading up that way towards Baltimore. And pre-pandemic, there wouldn't have been as much leeway to still work around to find the lane that was open for my exit because it wasn't that far down 495. But it kind of gives a taste like, oh, this is this is how it used to be. It just it just takes one rainy day in DC, cherry blossoms are out opening day for baseball, even with limited seating and boom, traffic is at a halt, you know, which is, which was always the norm before. Like I could have never done a 5:30 class for my kids before. It is interesting. Like as commuting was definitely a component that I've heard from other people, especially living in this area that, you know, you're willing to do some level of commuting in, come in for meetings when you have to, when it, it's helpful to have a face-to-face interaction, you know, that's one of the things for a classified environment. You know, if you can't actually, they, they can't have video on the coworkers who are actually at the office. So it's just a phone call. So it does change a little bit of the dynamic when you can't actually have a camera on inside a cleared facility. So some of those factors will play in. So you might not be talking about classified information, but you still are going to have some time where it's going to be better and faster to have a face-to-face meeting than something long drawn out over, you know, whatever VTC option you're using, like Microsoft Teams or whatever. So, well, one of the, you know, thoughts that has come out of the pandemic is, 
classified information, does it really need to be classified? I mean, so, you know, I'm in Charlottesville, Virginia, about two hours outside of D.C. The National Ground Intelligence Center, it had programs where, you know, folks were working at the NGIC in a classified environment when they needed to, but then they were working in an open source lab two or three days out of the week, which makes a little more sense. And that could have been conducted from home if it was true open source. So we had folks working on those programs. So, I mean, I feel like this is so long overdue for folks, right. you know, to be able to work from and have this flexibility. So, I, you know, uh, one of the things in the private sector, well, Goldman Sachs, I know that they've been pretty outspoken about not allowing folks to work from home. And it's just like, it's 2021, you know, I'm confused on why this is such a hard concept for, you know, certain business owners. Right. I think, especially when it comes to national security, one of the things that the survey respondents cited was they wanted increased trust from management, which just like that response from industry that you're citing is, it feels like you don't trust your employees when you send them home. And the problem is, is that in some cases, that's true. <laughs> some employees can't be trusted when you go home, but I'd argue that you couldn't trust them before when they were at the office either. So it's just, you actually, the, the problems might show up even more when they, they fail to produce results at the, at when they're working from home and you're not there to like push them and keep saying, you need to do this, you need to do that, you know, micromanaging them. You might actually be able to come up with tangible feedback for them that either helps them to improve or move on out. So it could solve some of the personnel issues that seem to plague the federal government. You just never know. (laughs) Yeah, well, and I feel like when you think about those bad examples, though, I'm not saying they're out of the norm, because we certainly have, you know, employees, we've all worked on teams where there is that bad seed. But do you Mm -hmm. remember the bad seed more than the good employees who you should be able to trust as a manager? Right. I actually think it's a it's a growth issue for management in having to manage in a different style than they would prefer. Sure. Then always talking about just the bad apples. The bad apples are always easiest for us to talk about. Sure. But it's like if you keep trying to address the problem in the same way and you're you're just going to keep getting the same results. And so that's the true definition of crazy, trying something yeah. and expecting a, the same thing and expecting a different result. It's true. Yeah. So, I mean, as sad as this year has been for national security, it has forced management to be more serious about this, to hear the feedback from their employees, even just doing a survey like this. It's a definite sign that I mean, uh, upper management is listening and they want to hear what can be improved, what what was done well, what was not. I mean, there are definite things they're going to have to fix. Like basically they were prepared to give out laptops and CAC readers, bare minimum. So, you know, headsets, keyboards, monitors, all those things that, that they already have at the office. You can't have all employees walking out with their monitor underneath their arm. Uh, you know, for their home environment. So a lot of people are using personal equipment and they're having to be okay with it. Interestingly, this was one that made me kind of like, what is, I scratch my head, what, what, am I, what are they talking about? Kind of thing, like a lot of employees are using printers and I'm like, what are, what are y'all printing out? And because, which is, is a definite not allowed, like over 9,000 people using printers. I'm like, I'm pretty sure, you know, 
destroying the documents, all those things. There's so many issues that are going to crop up with that. But so home printers, that's a no-no. But you are allowed to use keyboards, headsets, monitors. You can get yourself a mouse. That's fine. Uh, They just don't, I think, have the bandwidth to provide so many people with that level of technology. Well, you know, it's interesting because you say they, they aren't able to provide people with that technology. They were in the office. I think it's just the trust thing again, because it is providing the same amount, a quantity of technology, but it's just in a different location. And if we all think about how efficient it would be if everyone worked from home and nobody was, you know, well, as much as they can and right. you know, not running electricity or all of these things from, you know, I, I don't know. It just well, they're duplicating. Me, you know? They're duplicating what they already have. So if they already have a monitor in the office, they would have had sure. to purchase so much to at least with a laptop. They can say, "Hey, you've got a laptop. You've got the monitor. You've got the keyboard. You technically have everything you need." Sure. But they've met bare minimums, and they're really working. I think along along the lines of like messaging and communication mechanisms, making sure their servers can withstand the load, which is often an issue too. So sure. Well, I, yeah, I know um, that was certainly an issue at the beginning of the pandemic. I mean, I know my internet, I was working from home a few months before the pandemic started, but I mean, my internet with everyone being at home, I was just like, my poor internet can't take this. <laughs> yeah. I had to buy two extenders for the number of people that we have in our house and the number of people that were doing online school with four sure. kids. If it so happened that all four needed at the same time, which did happen, and then multiple people working at the same time, it was sure. like, I'm sure a lot crazy of crazy town. Struggled. Yeah, I'm a lot sure. of people struggled. And it's frustrating. I mean, when you're trying mm-hmm. to get work done and uh, we right. just didn't see it coming. And post pandemic, those type of expenses would be a personal choice as well. Like you can choose to have, you wouldn't have, you don't always have to have your kids home doing school during a pandemic that was the only option. And so workplaces did try to really help out with that in many ways. So kudos for them to, for responding. I, and I honestly, the, the DOD, especially they, they really supported their people and it was very mission focused. I mean, these are some plans that have been in place for a, a while, dated back to about 2005, 2006, to make sure that we had continuity of operations planned out. And so I think the basics were already there. And for most offices, they were supposed to have that as part of their coop plans, but not every office did or had those solidly in place. But I think from a retention perspective, this is going to be the conversation post-pandemic whenever we get there. So whatever state you're at with back-to-work plans, the work-from-home option, the flexibility that it provides that needs to be part of discussions for retention and taking pe- employees' requests seriously. Because that's that's definitely something I think previously it wasn't always taken seriously. When you talk about retention, where, you know, being able to work from home was an incentive that, you know, cleared recruiters could use. They can't anymore, unfortunately, because everybody's going to be offering it. So I'm just like, oh, you poor recruiters, just making your life even more hard. <laughs> Well, well, the other thing, though, is that more companies are probably going to be offering it. And I think also to hear themes out of this. So it's not just the remote work or the options for it. It's people want flexibility. 
they want balance in their life, they've kind of got a taste that like, yeah, the world was felt like it was falling apart, but I wasn't running at like 90 miles an hour to try to get to everything. They want to have the space to not feel bad when they have to go to a doctor's appointment or they want to go see their kid play soccer or they want to just take a week, a long weekend away. They want to have that breathing space. And if you communicate that that's part of your culture and that you are there for the employee and you're there to back them up, I think whatever option you provide, as long as the flexibility, the I trust you to do what you signed up to do is communicated, I think you can still have that factor in the, in recruiting that you can showcase that ability. That's true. That is true. Well, so any other key takeaways from that uh, survey, uh, you know, big survey over 50,000 folks responded to any other key takeaways that you could share today, Jill? I think on productivity, it's, I think what working from home did is also, it took away some unnecessary meetings. That was one of the things in the open-ended comments. They got like 18,000 open-ended comments. I cannot imagine being the person to have to sift through that. <laughs> I mean, we, we post the article from David Brown on the army combat fitness test, and there might be like 200 comments by now, like just approving or moderating whatnot. And I just, I think of 18,000 comments going through anyway, side note, sorry. But, um, people talked about unnecessary meetings being gone. I think it's good to think through, could this have been an email? Yeah. And it, cause it's a lot more painful when you're on Teams or whatever, you know, Zoom, whatever, and people are just kind of awkwardly staring at each other, and you realize we could have done a group email on this. (laughs) You know, it's one thing I don't mind like a a, a weekly one where you know that it could either go fast because of that, or it could there might be more to talk about. Those are different, but when you make meetings just for the sake of meetings, there's a lot of taskers that go out. All those things that maybe didn't have to be rushed as much. Or Or if you're um, in a meeting with folks that you don't get along with, I know our meetings go so well because I love you very much, Jilly. But if you're in a meeting with people you don't know on teams and you're just like, what do we talk about? (laughs) Right. Like face to face is a little bit different, but when you're, you know, you know, just online in a meeting, it's kind of like, uh, it does. Ha- it does introduce a level of awkwardness that a lot of people are just not comfortable to live through. So I think keeping that in mind, whether you stay online or whether you're back in the office, really think through whether or not it has to be a meeting. And and having hybrid work options, I think, forces people to do that because not everybody might be there in the office. So do you force them to be on like a phone call and go through that with half of you there, or do you just send out an email Mm -hmm. and then see if you need a meeting later, but don't have that as your default response. You know, everybody stop what you're doing, huddle up in the conference room. Just doesn't have to, you don't always have to do that. Yeah. Good old Um, Michael Scott conference room, five minutes. And it's like, Oh God, (laughs) please. No more meetings. No more conference room meetings. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, and I think the other thing too, is just the increased trust from management. Just, not micromanaging your team, giving them tasks to do, trusting them to get it done. And people respond well to that. And if they don't, it comes really clear what needs to be done going forward. You know, like, I think that was, that's a good, another good takeaway. Sure. Well, yeah, thanks for running through that survey. Uh, Really interesting insights. Like I said, implications, you know, for what the future of national security and, you know, telework in the DOD is going to look like. Uh, If you're listening as an employer, trust your employees. If 
if they should be trusted. Um, obviously, there's going to be some bad apples, but you know, we all experience it. Subscribe to our channel, subscribe to our YouTube, follow us on social media. If you do have a topic that we haven't covered in the past or that you're just dying to know more about, uh, send us a note at editor at clearancejobs.com. This is Katie Keller, editor at clearancejobs.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of Clearedcast. For more information on career and recruiting advice, visit news.clearancejobs.com.